This is Taekwon Lewis. You're listening to Dash to the Draft on Sports Crunch. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with you, Crime, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm your host, David Cromwell. And as we know, the 2018 NFL Draft is one of the most anticipated in recent NFL history due to the expected quarterback bonanza at the top of the first round. And apparently, all four teams in the AFC East want to get their hands on one of these promising young signal callers. A few weeks ago, the Jets moved up to the third overall pick, guaranteeing them that one of their two favorite quarterbacks will end up in their lap. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills, the team with the largest amount of valuable draft capital this year, are feverishly planning a move up the board from number 12 overall to potentially as high as number 2 overall. And yesterday, as a result of trading Brandon Cooks to the Rams, the Patriots now own two firsts and two seconds. And it was reported earlier today that they are plotting a massive move or two up the board to secure the heir to Tom Brady. And the Dolphins, despite not having as much capital as the former two, are also expected to try to move up. And joining us today to preview the 2018 NFL draft plans of these AFC East clubs is Joe Caparoso. Joe is the owner and founder of TurnOnTheJets.com, where he blogs and podcasts about the NFL and, of course, his beloved New York Jets. Welcome to the show, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome, Joe. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, without further ado, let's talk about this anticipated quarterback madness that's about to go on within the AFC East. And as I mentioned, in light of yesterday's trade, the Patriots and Bills are now two of three teams with four picks in the top 64, with the other being the Indianapolis Colts, who are not in the quarterback market. And we all know the Bills are trying to move into the top five, but the Patriots, who do not have the successor to 41-year-old Tom Brady currently on their roster, they now have the ammo to make such a move as well, and uh, it appears that they do want to make such a move. In your opinion, which of those two teams is more likely to move up into the top five? I would still say Buffalo is. I think Buffalo. Buffalo is still much closer uh, to getting themselves in range to get one of these top quarterbacks. New England does now have more assets. They have the two first round picks, the two second round picks. But that's still uh, a steep climb from the bottom half of the first round uh, where they're at to where compared to the Bills, who are only at 12. Now, the Bills maybe can stay at 12 and still get their hands on Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield if one of them surprisingly slides down the board. But it will still be a much easier leap for them uh, to get somewhere near the top five than it would for New England. It also wouldn't really be in Bill Belichick's character to give up an entire draft hall uh, to move up and get one player. He seems to be more of a quantity over quality guy in the NFL draft, so it's hard to see him giving up four or five picks to move up in the top five. It absolutely is, knowing how frugal Belichick is known for being. But uh, if, say, he wants to do it this time around, and if Buffalo is the more likely candidate, as you suggested— how can the Patriots beat them to the punch? It might take a couple of moves to beat them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think every any team who's looking to trade up has to be be proactive and be aggressive. I think like the Jets were, I think a lot of people were confused about why they traded up so early. Uh, usually teams wait closer to draft weekend. Usually they actually wait till the day of the draft. But I think 
Jets knew that um, there was going to be a lot of teams moving up and the price of moving up was going to become more and more expensive. So they did give up a big haul, but they sort of jumped out front and were able to keep their first round pick next year. So for a team like Buffalo or even Miami, if they're looking to move up, they might need to be more proactive than just waiting till draft night in case a team like New England does something extremely bold, like moving up uh, from how far back they are in the first round to the top 10 even to try to get their hands on their future quarterback. Oh, absolutely. And uh, there is a possible scenario that I could see, and I think it would require one of those big four to drop and fill in the blank. If one of the big four quarterbacks the Patriots are in love with falls past pick blank, the Patriots should trade up in an instant. Look, I mean, I think if the quarter, if they have someone in mind who they really are confident could be what Jimmy Garoppolo was originally going to be for them, uh, and they don't think. Tom Brady is going to play more than one more year. I think once that player gets anywhere near the 10th or 11th pick, I think then you look at being that much more aggressive to go get him. I just think the cost of moving into the top five, regardless of how much you value a guy, is going to be prohibitive for any team, especially New England, who's been very guarded about keeping their picks, especially in an offseason where they've lost they lost Lewis, they lost Brandon Cooks, they lost Nate Solder. So to see them give up the amount of picks it would need would be surprising. But if someone gets maybe drops at 10, 12, 13, maybe you don't have to give up quite as much. And that's something they can execute. Yeah, exactly. But another pick uh, I would watch if I were the Patriots would be pick nine at San Francisco. If, uh, if one of the quarterbacks like falls past pick uh, five to the Broncos, if the Broncos decide to pass on a quarterback and uh, the rest uh, and pick six, seven, and eight, those teams stay and put to take their players. Uh, San Francisco has been rumored for a while to be interested in getting more capital. So, and the Patriots uh, did make a trade with the 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, that could be a possibility on draft night if that's how it unfolds. And now let's talk about your favorite team, the New York Jets. And the ideal scenario for the Jets with the third overall pick, in my opinion, and I'm sure most Jets fans would agree, is for Sam Darnold and either Josh Allen or a non-quarterback to be the first two names off the board. And the tea leaves that have come out in recent weeks suggest that Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield are the two quarterbacks the Jets covet the most. What the Jets do with that third pick is anybody's guess still. If, but if both Rosen and Mayfield are available when the Jets are on the clock, which quarterback should the Jets take and why? Uh, I believe Josh Rosen is the best overall quarterback in this class. I would take him if I was first overall with Cleveland. So I like Baker Mayfield a lot. I think he's going to be a very good pro quarterback. I'd be excited if the Jets took him. But if Rosen is on the board, he is the guy that I would take. I think he is ready to start from day one. I think he's a natural pocket passer who can make all the throws in the playbook and has the ability to lead a team and thrives in a less than optimal situation at UCLA. So I think Rosen is the best pure prospect at the quarterback position in this class so I would not hesitate to take him with the third overall pick and that brings us to our ideal four-round haul for the Jets so your pick at three if he's available would be Josh Rosen so let's put Josh Rosen in with the third overall pick but they obviously gave up their two seconds this year and their 2019 second rounder to get into the third spot so they don't pick again till pick 72 and what other needs do you think the Jets uh uh, should address the most, especially with that uh, pick at 72. 
Well, I think I think they could go a few different directions. It's, sometimes it's hard to drill down an exact player, but the Jets definitely still have plenty of other needs across their roster, whether it, it starts with pass rusher, I would say. It starts with more offensive line depth. Uh, they could use more at cornerback. Uh, they still need to add depth throughout this entire higher roster uh, where they have the most glaring need is probably pass rusher but a couple names to potentially look at maybe Frank Ragnow who is a center if he's still there from Arkansas could be a guy to help give them more interior depth if not Lorenzo Carter uh, an edge rusher could give them a little more athleticism and maybe a you know just a shot of some you know pass rush ability uh, from a middle round pick. Uh, Rashad Penny, the Jets have been looking to upgrade that running back position this offseason. He's a guy who could add some explosiveness. So he could be a player that they potentially look at on day two. Yes, and what, where should they go with their fourth round pick with at 107 overall? Um, I Look, I think they need more depth at cornerback still. I think Morris Claiborne is a guy who can definitely miss time due to injury. We've seen that happen frequently throughout his career. Buster Screen has been inconsistent over his past few seasons, and this is a really deep class of cornerback. So a couple of names to maybe watch could be Cameron Kelly, Quentin Meeks, uh, guys who have enough upside where you're comfortable taking them in round four and maybe aren't going to start from day one, but could be good death players as rookies. I'm also curious if a guy like Antonio Callaway drops because of his character concerns. And if he does, he could be a player that they target in the fourth round to give another weapon to their young quarterback. Oh, Antonio Callaway could prove tremendous value in round four. He could easily be this draft's version of Tyree Kill. And I'm not comparing their skill sets necessarily. I'm comparing like the impact they'll make right out of the gate. Um, So that does it for the Jets. And let's move on to the Dolphins. The Dolphins obviously don't have the ammunition that the Bills or Patriots have, but they're still going to try to move up because uh, there are some reports saying they like Baker Mayfield, but others that say they really love Josh Rosen. Uh, What price do you think it would take for the Dolphins to trade up to, say, to four where the Browns are with their second pick in the first round? I mean, if the Dolphins were trying to get that high in the draft and they're going to wait this long, they're probably going to have to give up next year's first round pick. And Mike Tannenbaum certainly isn't shy about trading assets. So I don't think this is off the table. There's been rumors that they love Baker Mayfield and that they want to add at the quarterback position. So I don't think this is off the table. They haven't been talked about quite as much as Buffalo about moving up, but it definitely could be something that's on the table uh, for Miami uh, if they are want to be that aggressive and they don't feel good enough about um, Ryan Tannehill moving forward. Yes, they're going to be a sleeper team to watch uh, on draft night. Uh, But the uh, restructure to Ryan Tannehill's contract has made uh, their uh, task of trading up uh, for a quarterback a little bit more difficult because it's it's going to be very hard to release him after this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it wouldn't shock anybody if they made an aggressive move for a quarterback. I think you got to see how that top five shakes out. But if Baker Mayfield is still there for Miami, I think they'd absolutely take him uh, or even move up a few spots to try to grab him Uh, absolutely but it all depends on how the board uh, falls and uh, let's assume for the moment the Dolphins stay put at 11 Um, if uh, no quarterbacks are available uh, as in none of the big four are available what should they do with the 11th overall pick I've mocked a Vitavia to them uh, at 11 because I think it would be a worthy replacement for Dominican Sue but this Dolphins roster is arguably a bottom five roster right now they could go a lot of different directions here who would be the most ideal pick for them at 11 yeah, I mean, I think V is a logical pick. If not, I could still see them sticking on the defensive side of the football, maybe looking at a guy like Marcus Davenport or Tremaine Edwards if they still happen to fall down uh, to try to continue to build up that front seven uh, pass rush. If not, maybe they look at the cornerback position if a guy like Denzel Ward or Josh Jackson slips down to that spot. 
Yeah, totally. Denzel Ward would make a lot of sense there. But you mentioned pass rusher. Uh, Harold Landry from Boston College, if he's there, would it surprise me the Dolphins take him as well? So their options are open at 11 if none of the quarterbacks falls within uh, their range. And what about round two? Uh, let's say they address the secondary in round one with Denzel Ward. Where do you go? Where do they go in round two? Maybe uh, they look to get some running back help. I know they added Frank Gore, but obviously he's at the twilight of his career. They still have not fully replaced J.J. And again, this is a deep class of running backs. Maybe they look at a guy like Ronald Jones or Nick Chubb if they're available in round two to add more firepower overall to that offensive position. Uh, if not running back, maybe they could look to offensive line or tight end because they did give way, did part with a lot of talent this offseason. Uh, so, you know, running back, tight end, offensive line could all be logical places for them to look. Uh, totally. But uh, in my opinion, Chubb would be the best option. Well, that's just me. Uh, so we gave them Denzel Ward and uh, Nick Chubb. And how about round three at 73? Well, I think if the board breaks where they go with those two in the first round, then maybe again, we come back to looking at either the tight end or offensive tackle position. Maybe they see if they could get a guy like Jamarco Jones or Tyrell Crow to add more depth overall to that offensive line, a position that's been inconsistent for them in the past. Um, and there should still be some decent talent at the tackle position there for them in round three, whether it's a guy like Crosby or a guy like Jamarco Jones. Uh, yes, especially with this uh, more likely than not going to be Juwan James' final season in Miami. They need a long-term replacement at right tackle, so either one of those two would be ideal. And they owe two fourth-round picks as a result of the trade they made with Cleveland to send Jarvis Landry over there. So they pick at 123 overall in round four. Uh, so we have the some quarterback help, some running back help, and some offensive line help. You say they uh, could look at a tight end uh um, some tight ends uh, that uh, strike me at, at this range, Ian Thomas of Indiana uh, could be a big option here. Yeah, absolutely. I think that could be a name to keep an eye on because I do think they're going to want to add to this position at some point, um, whether that's with Thomas, whether that's with a Jalen Samuels, whether that's with a Hayden Hurst. I think it depends how the board breaks in front of them. So I think tight end is a logical position to expect them to dress at some point in the NFL draft. Uh, yes, and they, with their second fourth round pick at 131 overall, so far we've given them Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, uh, either Jamarco Jones or Tyrell Crosby in the third round, uh, Ian Thomas uh, giving their tight end room a uh, much needed added presence at 123. And uh, what about 131? Um, I, I wonder if they look at eventually continuing to build on to that, that secondary. Maybe that means they look at the safety position, uh, a guy like Jeremy Reeves, Van Smith, Marcus Allen, if they're still there in the fourth round, to add more depth uh, on the back end to support the pick of a cornerback in the first round. Oh, I completely agree. And I saw Jeremy Reeves in action at the Senior Bowl. He was one of the players of the week. Uh, he would be a much welcome addition to that Dolphins uh, defense. And now moving on to the Buffalo Bills. And they're obviously feverishly looking for a trading partner right now. And they could be uh, positioned to make a move uh, even sooner than we think, given the trade the Patriots made yesterday. But uh, they have to find a reliable trading partner. So who would you guess would be the most likely trading partner for the Bills on draft night or either before draft night? The Giants at two, the Browns at four, or even the Broncos at five because the Broncos are keeping all their alternatives open at this moment. I mean, I think the Bills have to be aggressive. They want to make sure they get the quarterback that they want. I think they've been linked to Josh Allen a decent amount as a Jets fan. I'm hoping that's the route that they end up going, but I don't think there's any way they leave the court the first round without a quarterback. And 
if you ask me today which quarterback they're most likely to end up with, I'll go with Josh Allen. Whether that means staying put at 12 or trading up a few spots to get him, I think you'll see Darnold go at one, Rosen go at three, uh, Mayfield maybe go at five to Denver, and then Buffalo make a move up to make sure that they could get Josh Allen. Oh, so, uh, yeah, the Colts at six could be a possibility if uh, Josh Allen does fall that far, but uh, right now the intel has it that uh, Allen will not fall that far. Uh, So Buffalo's probably going to have to trade up with either Denver at five, Cleveland at four, or uh, the Giants at two if the Giants are indeed willing to uh, trade out, although there's rumors also floating around for the record that the Giants are highly considering Josh Allen with the second uh, overall pick at this time. But uh, obviously, nobody has a clue what the Giants are going to do. Uh, so, uh, Definitely uh, one of the wild cards of the draft, what the Giants the, are going to end up doing. The wild card of the draft. And they've been so tight-lipped about it, so they're going to be where the draft begins. We pretty much know where the Browns are going at one, so the draft essentially begins with the uh, Giants at two. So, uh how much of the picks this year and their picks next year should the Bills be willing to give up? I mean, I don't think they should shy, be shy about giving up next year's first-round pick if need be. You have to get a quarterback, and they've stripped their roster down pretty substantially to get a quarterback. So I could see them giving away a mid-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year to go up and get that guy. Oh, most definitely. And uh... – also, the Bills, uh, they might have the worst quarterback situation in the league if they don't leave the first round with the quarterback. And A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman, there is no way the Bills will leave the first round with the quarterback, as you said. They, they're they going to be the laughing stock of the league at quarterback if uh, they're unable to trade up. But let's assume, worst case scenario, they have to end up staying put. And uh, with their first pick, with his, which is 12th overall, if uh, Lamar Jackson is there, do you think the Bills bite the bullet if they like him? I think they do bite the bullet if he's there. And the other uh, four are I, gone. Yeah. I wouldn't be that shocked. I think it could be Jackson, it could be Mason Rudolph, but I think they're taking a quarterback. So I think it's safe to mock a quarterback to them with that spot. And I think it could be Jackson or it could be Rudolph. Uh, I, I, Jackson, and if uh, and, and rumor has it that their grades on Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield are actually very, very similar. So uh, staying back at 12 could be very, very uh, poss- more possible than you think for the Bills, although they appear to love Josh Allen more. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And assuming they're able to keep uh, both their first-round picks at 22 overall, um, where do you think they should go? Uh, should they like a reach for an edge rusher there or, uh, or potentially uh, a- uh, get more youth on that offensive line? I mean, I think they need help on offense. I think they, they've broken apart uh, a lot of that roster, you know, either via trade or letting people walk in free agency. So maybe they're looking at the best available tackle at that point, whether that's a Connor Williams or Orlando Brown or a Colton Miller. Uh, Miller, I do think they need to add protection up front for their new quarterback. So I'd look at offensive tackle there. Plus, their receiver uh, core is, uh, dare I say, one of the worst looking in the NFL right now. As Zay Jones uh, had a very... Uh, poor rookie season and this receiver class might uh, not be the best but if somebody like DJ Moore or even Christian Kirk is there at 22 the Bills uh, should highly consider pulling the trigger if they fear that another team is going to scoop them up absolutely Uh, I mean again I think in the second round Buffalo could probably get good value at the receiver position but I think offensive line and receiver can end up being interchangeable for them uh, with that last second round pick or their first second round pick all right, so we gave them their quarterback at 12 in Lamar Jackson. Let's say they take an offensive lineman, whether it be like Mike McGlinchey or Will Hernandez or whoever at 22. At 53, let's say they go receiver there. Uh, a, a couple names that strike me at that 
place are like a James Washington and DJ Chark. Yeah, I think both. Both of those names make sense. Maybe also a guy like DJ Moore or Odin Tate if they're still there, but they need receiver help. Right now, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, you can't count on him with his health. Uh, Zay Jones has dealt with some legal issues. There's just not enough depth in that receiver group. So I think you have to address receiver early in day two if you're not going to address it on day one. So I think those names could make sense. And also you could see a guy like Moore or Tate rise up uh, to being a high second round pick. Oh, that's interesting about Audit Tate. That never really occurred to me, but I'll definitely keep an eye on Audit Tate in the weeks ahead. Uh, but they picked three picks later at 56. We've given them their quarterback, their offensive lineman, their receiver, and now where do they go? I think uh, round two, this place might be a good spot to take a stab at an edge rusher uh, like uh, Dorrance Armstrong or Lorenzo Carter if he's there. Yeah, yeah, I think edge rusher and both of those names would make sense. I think they could also use some help at cornerback since EJ Gaines left in free agency. So maybe they're looking at the best available corner, whether that's a Greg Stroman, a Holton Hill, Isaiah Oliver. Uh, I think either edge rusher with the names you mentioned or looking in the cornerback market would make sense. Oh, and it absolutely would. But let's say they do edge rusher at 56. Their next pick is at 65, the pick they got from the Browns of the Tyrod Taylor trade. So what corner would make sense there? So many picks. Um, I would say Cameron Kelly, a guy we mentioned earlier for the Jets, uh, could be a target. The guy from San Diego State, MJ Stewart from North Carolina, either of those could be targets for them at corner. Yeah, both of those guys really rocked it at the Senior Bowl, as I saw, and both of them would make a lot of sense for Sean McDermott's defense. And uh, round three at uh, pick 96, uh, the Buffalo Bills, yes, they found a, an underrated gem in Matt Milano, but uh, Sean McDermott's defense is predicated on linebackers, as we saw in Carolina with Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. So what linebackers there would make sense? Uh, you know, it's really tough to project whoever this linebacker group is going to end up falling. But if they're looking to add help at the inside linebacker position, maybe a Rashawn Evans or an Oren Books or a Micah Kaiser if they're still there. But I do think they need to add more depth, both at inside and outside linebacker, to really play McDermott's defense the way they want to. And after going offense so heavy early in the draft, they can look at a, a linebacker, an inside or outside linebacker with this spot. And I think some of those names could make sense. Oh, totally. And last but not least, uh, round four, pick 121, we gave them a quarterback, we gave them an offensive lineman, we gave them a wide receiver, we gave them an edge rusher, we gave them a cornerback, and we gave them a linebacker. Uh, where do you think they should go in uh, round four? Probably maybe another potential playmaker for the their new quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can add enough weapons when it comes to supporting a new quarterback. So whether that ends up being a running back to eventually take over for Shady McCoy or another receiver or a tight end, I mean, this is a fairly uh, deep class at running back. So maybe you could end up getting really good value at this point if a guy like uh, on Johnson falls or Ito Smith or Mark Walton, if they're looking to add more depth uh, behind McCoy and another guy to chew up some carries. Oh, absolutely, and especially with Shady McCoy about to turn 30 years old, uh, the Bills definitely need a uh, number two back behind him that's not named Mike Tolbert that will definitely keep Shady fresh. And he is Joe Caparoso, ladies and gentlemen, of TurnOnTheJets.com. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at JCaparoso. And Joe, uh, thank you once again for joining us, but before we go, we have to do the ideal four-round haul for the New England Patriots, and let's assume for the moment that they have to stay put. So... Uh, the Patriots, yes, they do need a quarterback of the future, but at 23, they could probably wait until 31 to get a 
this quarterback, or they could even move up from 31 uh, uh, a couple picks later to get him. But let's say uh, they address uh, one of their biggest needs at 23, either edge rusher or offensive tackle. Um, so uh, what edge rushers do you think would make sense for the Patriots at 23? I'm, I'm thinking Josh Sweat is somebody that Bill Belichick would really love if his medicals uh, come back clean. Yeah, I think that's a logical match. I, I think for the t- type of game he has fitting in Belichick's defense, I think that's a good target. And New England desperately needs help in that spot. So I think that's a name to keep an eye on if New England's not going to trade up. Yes, and another quarterback that they the Patriots have been linked to for quite some time is Kyle Lawletta from Richmond. And Kyle Lawletta's stock has been climbing since the Senior Bowl. And some people, including many analysts I respect, see uh, some Jimmy Garoppolo-type potential to, to his game. And uh, Kyle Lawletta, if you just sit him a year or two behind Brady, he could eventually grow into that uh, guy. And if the Patriots see uh, Garoppolo in his game and uh, are are worried that he might not last until 43, which is their next overall pick, uh, would you you be shocked to see the Patriots uh, take a stab on him at 31? I definitely wouldn't. I think the New England's probably confident in their ability to assess the quarterback position at the back half of the first round or early in the second round after what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I do think they have the intention of adding a quarterback this year. So I do think that guy's stocks has risen enough or it's not crazy to take him at 31. Yeah, so so far we've got the Patriots, Josh Sweat and Kyle Lalletta. What about uh, round two at 43 overall? I think uh, you have to get another tackle here. Yeah, I think whether they look to add a little more support to receiver or running back because of what happened with Deion Lewis and Danny Amendola and Brandon Cooks or continue to add more depth at tackle, I think it's a it's a decent – there should be decent day two value at the tackle position. Again, whether that's a Jamarco Jones or a Tyler Crosby, guys we talked about uh, for Buffalo as well, would not shock me if they went to continue add, to add offensive line depth. Yes, and let's suppose they went off at some line at 43. What uh, playmakers uh, should they take a stab at at 63? Maybe a guy like Sony Michelle is still there uh, to add to their backfield and to help their special teams overall. Royce Freeman, um, I could see them again at looking to add to that backfield with Deion Lewis no longer there to chew up carry. So Michelle would be an interesting piece in that offense. Oh, absolutely. But another guy who I think would be equally as interesting in that offense would probably be Rashad Penny. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely with the type of game he has. So um, I think that uh, it would not surprise me at all if New England looked to add to that skill position group, whether it's at running back or receiver. And at uh, round three with the 95th pick overall, the Patriots, yes, they acquired Jason McCourty in the trade, Devin's twin brother. So the McCourty brothers will be played together. But I think they need some more depth at cornerback. Uh, What corners would make sense uh, at the tail end of round three? Uh, the cornerback market, as we mentioned before, is definitely really deep this year. And New England, um, despite being active this offseason uh, in acquiring more talent with getting McCourty, uh, would not surprise me if they looked at a guy uh, like a Mike Hughes, maybe, if he was still there, a DJ Reed, Isaiah Oliver, if they end up falling. Um, I think those are all potential targets to add more depth at corner for New England. Uh, and another one that's drawn some Akeem Tlaib comparisons is J.C. Jackson out of Maryland. He'll definitely, he, he should be available by then. Yeah, I think so. I think with how the board is likely to break in front of him, New England would be able to get him at that spot. Joe Caparoso, TurnOnTheJets.com. We thank you so much for donating your time to the program today, Joe, and we hope to have you on sometime down the road in the very near future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you, Joe. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Stay tuned for the rest of our division-by-division -division draft previews and a lot more draft-related content these next three weeks. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive, including our 100th episode special, my interview with longtime NFL scout Greg Gabriel, as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Joe, especially since there's never an off-season for talking football. For Joe Caparoso, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromelo saying so long and, of course, stay awesome.